It's time for episode 309 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, August 28th, 2019. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the only tech podcast on Forbes's 30 Under 30 Minutes list. I'm your co-host, Dan Morin, and I am joined across this vast nation and internet of ours by my good pal, Mr. Micah Sargent. How are you doing today, Micah? I'm doing well, and that was an incredible uh, incredible intro. I Thank quite you. liked it. Thank you. I try. <laughs> I, I just want us to be recognized for what we do, you know? Just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. I would also like to recognize our fantastic guests joining us this week. To my left, it is a web editor and producer at the Texas Standard and the host of the Parallel podcast right here on Relay FM. It's Shelly Brisbane. Welcome back, Shelly. Thank you. It's great to be recognized. <laughs> uh, and, and to my left is writer and podcaster and man about the internet. It is, of course, our good pal, John Moltz. I do, John. I just, I just want to say that I think Dan made that list up. <laughs> I can't prove it. You have no evidence. I can't prove it. I can't prove it. And You're right. Moving right along. Uh, I, I'm going to kick things off this weekend. I recently bought one of IKEA's speakers that they partnered with Sonos to make because a key feature was something that it lacked. It doesn't have a microphone or a smart assistant on it, and it's going in my bedroom where there is a moratorium on microphones. So my question for you folks is, is there a tech product that you want that nobody seems to be making, whether it's a entirely different product or or something that like lacks or doesn't have a specific feature um, or does have a feature that you want to get rid of. Shelly? So I want something to organize my entertainment life. And this is because I am not somebody who streams a lot or knows what's on what streaming service. I just know I want to watch a thing. And a lot of times I can't figure out how to do that. So I would like some sort of app or uh, tool in the device that I have where I can say, this is the thing I want. Go get it for me. Maybe tell me what it'll cost, but just go get it for me. Don't bother me about, you know, where it comes from. Let me organize my limited entertainment life uh, without having to go through so much rigmarole. Hmm. Uh, yeah, nobody likes rigmarole. <laughs> wow. Other being on the show it. was worth it just for that. That rigmarole was excellent. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, so I was talking to uh, Maddie Cox uh, at the recent Relay get-together, and we were kind of talking about how um, it can be difficult to get into new podcasts and to discover new podcasts and to find stuff that we are really into. And Maddie was talking about how um, his wife was able to um, sort of or, or rather was encouraged to sort of go through their favorite podcasts and pick and choose episodes that they really like to have Maddie watch. And it made me realize that some sort there, there are um, podcasts out there that review podcasts. Sure. But what I would like is sort of the ability. It's like Uber, but for podcast curation. Oh no, no. Uh, <laughs> what, <laughs> what I would like is to have uh, the ability to say, Hey, these are shows that I really like, and these are um, some shows that I'm subscribed to. Now, 
give me specific episodes for shows that you think that I might like that would get me into it. So as opposed to having to go back to episode one and listen from the start, depending on what the show is, be able to say, hey, people really liked episode eight. That's gotten a lot of downloads and shares and things like that. And so you might start there and then you can choose to make the commitment to the show based on that. So some sort of better form of curation than just... um editor's picks and things like that, and maybe a little bit more human uh, involvement in in those things, I think would you be know, kind of fun. Uber will already do that, or do you not have the same drivers that I have, where they just tell you about oh, their favorite crud. podcast? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. John, what is the just, product you want? Just take an unnecessary drive someplace. <laughs> um, well, if Dan can't guess what Hold this product is, Hold on, I'm collecting a bet be with myself surprised. right now. <laughs> the device that i want that no one is making is small smartphones <laughs> because i am still using my iphone se which is now over three years old it is the longest i've ever held on to an iphone uh, well not the longest i've held on to one but the longest that i've uh, had it as my primary device and uh it's still my favorite iphone of all time and i do not want these gigantic phones that they keep trying to push us into. And I don't think that I'm, I, you know, I don't know how big this market is. I don't, I'm certain that I'm not alone because I know, I know every time I mention this on Twitter, I get a lot of people who agree with me <laughs> and the, a friend of mine's father, uh, a couple of years ago had me, uh, help. Um, to, I went over to help him set up his new phone and he switched from Android to the iPhone SE because he couldn't find a smaller Android phone. So he literally switched platforms in order to get a small phone because he wanted a small phone. He didn't want a big phone. And I just think there's all these companies are missing out on a market, particularly at a time when they're trying to find ways to get people to upgrade their phones because sales seem to be slacking off certainly for for apple on on their iphones and i keep i keep harping on this i keep bringing it up but i feel like they're not listening which is kind of maddening uh so that is the uh, that is the thing that i've been asking for for years and um still nobody seems to want to make yeah john maybe the reason you've hung on to it the longest is because your hand doesn't cramp is that it? Is that oh, be it? God. Maybe. It's possible. Uh, uh, those are all really good answers. I'm going to throw in a bonus one for myself. I just really want a pair of Bluetooth headphones that I can work out with that are not earbuds. That's it. Just like a lightweight, like the old headphones you used to get that just go over your head or behind your head. I just would like that. I don't like earbuds. I don't like working out with them. So there you go. Hmm. Uh, all right. Thank you all for your answers. Let us go to our second topic, which comes from Shelly. So speaking of smartphones, I have a lot of civilians in my life who ask me what phone they should get. They don't care how many cameras the iPhone 11, whatever, is going to have. They don't care how large the screen is. Particularly, they want something affordable and that will last them a while that's a good, solid phone. And uh, so my question to you is, if you were faced with that question, the civilians in your life have come to you. You've told them, don't buy anything until after Apple announces their new phones. But what phone would you suggest a civilian get in this day and age? I've just had this happen. A civilian asked me about uh, what phone they should get. And right now, and until after Apple's announcements, my answer is not going to change, assuming the 10R is still available for purchase after iPhone upgrades, after Apple upgrades the phones this fall. 
the iPhone XR is an incredible phone. And yes, it's got an LCD screen. Uh, but I was just talking to Leo Laporte about this yesterday on iOS Today. We were okay with LCDs until we finally got the uh, OLED displays. And Apple has done a fine job with LCD displays. And the iPhone XR has, uh, is just fine with that. It's also got an excellent camera. It's also got uh, great you know, speed and all of those other things that make for uh, the fun of having an upgraded new phone. And it also comes in many colors, which is so fun. So I think that the iPhone XR is a great get. And yes, it doesn't, it's not small enough for some folks, but um, <laughs> it's, it's, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> it's a good phone. And so now or later, that's the one that I would say. John, what about you? Yeah, I agree with you completely. I mean, I don't know the Android market well enough to be able to pick one from there, but for as far as the iOS market, definitely I think the iPhone XR when my wife was looking for a new phone uh I guess it was like like 8 months ago something like that. Um that's the one that uh, I recommended for her and she, that's the one that she picked and she's been very happy with it and she doesn't mind the bigger size so it's been fine for her. Um it sort of feels like there's that there is an opening someplace in the Android market though for someone to make a really basic like but solid phone and you know like if they could make one that had like strong battery life but not like necessarily the best specs and it sort of seems to me like that's the kind of thing that Amazon should actually do instead of you know what they tried to do with the with the Fire phone just make a really basic you know like an amazon basics phone that sells for a really reasonable amount and has most everything um but is you know more tied into their ecosystem than google's or apple's and you know maybe runs a you know like their their whatever version of you know forked android that they have and you know not necessarily selling them in like huge quantities but still making a good business out of it yeah, so I mean, I think what we're all demonstrating here is that there isn't necessarily a one-size-fits-all answer for this, um, whether you're on Android or on iOS. I think there are different people who balance different things and different needs. Um, and for example, my wife got a new phone uh, a few weeks my back. Wife. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> and uh, she looked at the, the 10s and the 10R, and she deemed both of those too big. Uh, she was coming from an iPhone 6. And so she ended up getting an iPhone 8. And I actually think the iPhone 8 is a really, really well-positioned phone. Um, yeah, it's not as flashy as the 10R, the 10S with their new edge-to-edge screens. Uh, but it's still a very respectable performer. It's also something that I think a lot of people who haven't made the jump to the uh, home buttonless phones can get on board with the fact that there's still a home button there. Um, and it's, it's pretty solid for everything it does. And it comes at a good price. Um, comparative to both the, the 10R and the 10S, um, it still comes in uh, considerably lower. It will be interesting if they revamp their lineup to keep, say, the 10S around at a lower price point, which they obviously didn't do with the 10. Um, I'm kind of curious to see how they Apple thinks about their lineup, because obviously they want to move more and more people to these new generation of phones. But I think for a lot of folks who are just looking for a phone to get them through the day, I think the iPhone 8 is an excellent choice. Yeah, I uh, was going to say the 10R, which is the phone I have, and uh, I, I am not the wife of a podcaster. I am the actual podcaster, so there's there's love for the 10R for me. And I've just been on a trip where I really appreciated the battery life, and that is probably one of the biggest things I'd say to a civilian. I can get a good day and a half out of the 10R's battery. It's a little heavier. It's a little bigger than people may be used to, but for uh, the purposes of ba- good battery life, it's a great phone. The The iPhone 8 also lives in my house, and that was going to be my other suggestion because of the home button. There are a lot of people for whom 
the home button, especially if they've been iOS users for a while, is a desirable thing. The size is right. It's still a good fast phone. And, and Apple, to its credit, has continued to sell multiple generations of older phones, the 10 being the exception. But my assumption in the question, which I didn't really state, was that Apple probably would be hanging on to most of the phones that support iOS 13 in some fashion. And that, frankly, the iOS 8 is, iPhone 8 is probably going to be a super good deal for folks. And I also have to echo a little bit of uh, the, the comment about a cheap phone. I have a friend who bought a Huawei Android phone because it was $200. And so we tease her unmercifully about uh, the uh, security <laughs> trolls listening to every conversation she might have. But that is absolutely a place where I can't argue with her and say, well, the iPhone is prettier. It has a better camera. She's like, look, I am a reporter. I run around doing a lot of phone calling, a lot of texting. I need a phone that's reliable, the phone that's inexpensive, and a phone that has a camera that'll get me by. Don't tell me about three cameras and a telephoto lens. And I can't really argue with her about that. And uh, if it's Amazon, uh, I think that would be a, a, a slightly less scary or scary in a different way choice for people who are fine <laughs> with the Android. She switched from iOS to Android for that reason, by the way, because it was inexpensive. So uh, yeah, I think all the, all the phones suggested, with the exception of the Huawei, uh, might be good choices. <laughs> there we go. We've solved all your problems for you for buying phones, except we haven't really. We just made new problems. So We've, there we go. That's our that's our <laughs> clockwise guarantee there. That's the goal of the podcast. Yeah. All right. That is two topics down, two topics to go. But that, of course, means it is halftime here at Clockwise. And this week's episode is brought to you by our very good friends at Linode. With Linode, you can instantly deploy and manage an SSD server in the Linode cloud. And you can get a server running in just seconds with your choice of Linux distribution, resources, and node location. Linode serves their customers with the help of 10 data centers across the globe, and they're about to add more. Mumbai, India, and Toronto, Canada will both have data centers before 2020. Linode features native SSD storage, a 40 gigabit network, and Intel E5 processors, meaning you're able to serve your customers even faster than before. And so you don't have to stress about overspending. Linode has designed their pricing tiers to feature hourly billing with the added bonus of a monthly cap on all plans and add-on services such as backups and node balancers. Linode has pricing options to suit everyone. Their plans start at one gigabyte of RAM for just $5 a month, and they offer high memory plans starting with 16 gigabytes of RAM. Plus, Linode has a special offer for you as a listener of this show. You can go to linode.com slash clockwise and use promo code clockwise2019 to get $20 towards any Linode plan. On that one gigabyte of RAM plan, that's four free months. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, you have absolutely nothing to lose. So give Linode a try today. That's linode.com slash clockwise and promo code clockwise2019 to learn more, sign up, and make the most of that $20 credit. Our thanks to Linode for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. All right, halftime is over. Micah Sargent, what have you got for us? I would love for you to talk about an app you've recently downloaded that you found useful or enjoyed. John, we'll start with you. Uh, my app is LID, L-Y-D, for Sonos. Uh, like Dan, I have a Sonos. Mine is an older one. Oh, gosh, I can't even remember how old now. At least five years. And they have mm, slowly removed some functionality. Some of it has to do with the fact that Apple switched um, to AirPlay 2. Uh, some of it I feel I'll sometimes feel like is just trying to get people to buy new Sonos machines. But regardless of, the, of, of whatever the reason is, they've taken some of the functionality out. And one of the functionality things that I really liked was the fact that you used to be able to control, and I think this is an AirPlay 2 thing because I think it tied into Apple's default um, system for uh, controlling music that was playing. 
and you used to be able to control it from your watch uh, what was playing on the on the Sonos, and you can no longer do that with the default set of tools. Uh, but Lid is an app that uh, you install on your phone, and then it installs on your Apple Watch, and it restores that functionality. So you can go now, you know, pick songs and go back and forth and pick playlists um, from your Apple Watch, which is something that when we have a party and, you know, I'm running around cooking things is a feature that I really like to use. So I'm very happy to be able to have that functionality back. Um, I was on my travels recently, uh, did a lot of hiking and you spent a lot of time outdoors and, uh, uh, we saw a lot of wildlife, including a lot of birds. And my wife became somewhat obsessed with like looking up all these birds. <laughs> so we found an app called Merlin bird ID and I give special uh, kudos to this app because it is from my alma mater, Cornell University. <laughs> so uh, it's essentially an app where you can either describe a bird. It'll give you like a series of questions. How big is it? Where did you see it? What colors was it primarily? Or you can even take a picture of a bird and it will try to figure out what bird it is. And then it gives you all the information about different things, uh, you know, like what its habitats are and et cetera. Um, and you can log your own list of birds. It has different like packs you can download for different regions of the world. Um, and yeah, it's generally just a really interesting way. Like we had one really nice morning while we were on the Isle of Skye where there was a bird feeder outside our Airbnb. So we just sat there and watched the birds for a little while and like took pictures and tried to figure out which birds they were. Um, so that was pretty cool. And it's a, uh, one of those interesting, just, you know, applications of technology that maybe you hadn't thought of before. Um, and I'll just sell it by saying it's Shazam, but for birds. <laughs> <laughs> But your your um your Uber driver won't identify birds for you. Uh, accuracy rates. I don't are want low. my Uber driver identifying birds. He should be watching the road. Driving right. <laughs> So mine is a productivity app, sorry to say, not as much fun, uh, but I like Teleprompter Premium. In my day job, one of the things I have to do is live radio segments on occasion, and Teleprompter Premium just makes my scripts look great on the iPad. I can choose all of the colors of text of background. I can choose the speed at which the text goes by. I can import pages or Word documents so I can create them on my Mac and just send them over via iCloud, and it's just really smooth. There's a light version for free, which gives you all of the things i think it might be missing support for external bluetooth devices there are a couple of other uh, things that the light version won't do but you absolutely get a good sense of whether it's going to be something that you like there are a number of apps called teleprompter something or other and i think that might be a trademark may or may not be infringed i don't know but this is called teleprompter (laughs) premium and it just does the one thing i need it to do which is put a script on a screen in front of me and roll it by at a speed that i choose and i love it Awesome. Well, I don't know if you happened to hear while Dan was speaking um, a strange sound that was not supposed to be there. Uh, That's because I was loading up the app that I wanted to talk about. Um, It's an app called Indel, uh, E-N-D-E-L. And I saw uh, the breakfast podcast journalists, uh, Brian Hamilton and Truge uh, talking about this app recently. Um, and basically, it is a, a soundscape for your day. Uh, it has four different modes. There's relax, there's focus, there's on the go, and there's sleep. And these different modes provide different sort of atmospheric music for you depending on what you're doing and it uses information about your environment to help uh inform the sound that plays so for example uh relax 
is right now showing uh, that there's low natural light outside because I'm indoors and it's using, you know, my my phone sensors to determine that and it'll play a nice relaxing sound. For focus, it will sort of pep things up based on the time of day and when folks typically have kind of an energy energy crash. Uh, for on the go, it will actually use your motion activity. And as you pick up your pace, the music also picks up its pace. And for sleep, it uses the weather and your circadian rhythm to determine uh, how and when it should play different music. So it's just a very simple, you just launch it and you have it playing on your, you know, whatever headphones you're wearing or in the background while you're working. And I I quite like it. I've been using it um, when I take the dogs for a walk and uh, whenever I am at work trying to, you know, write something um, or, or book guests or what have you. Uh, it's, it's a really nice just background bit of, of music and a soundtrack to kind of, it always changes and adapts to you. So that's Indel or Indel. I'm not sure how they pronounce it. Um, but thank you all for your app recommendations there. Very exciting. And uh, let's go ahead and move on to our last topic, which comes from John. Yes, moving from $2 acquisitions to billion-dollar acquisitions. My question is, Apple is uh, always being advised to acquire other companies. And it seems like every couple months they're being asked to acquire Tesla. But what's a company that you think actu- Apple actually should acquire and why? I had to discount a couple here because I had ideas and I thought they wouldn't really work, like Dropbox, and I was like, nah, <laughs> probably not anymore, or like Eero, and then Amazon bought them, and so, you know, not so much. But the one I did come up with, which I, I really kind of like, is, um, so Eve, um, which used to be part of yes. Elgato, um, but makes basically mm. smart home stuff now. Um, so they make lots of yeah. sensors and, and all sorts of interesting things that, that work with HomeKit. And I thought, well, they're designing stuff to work with HomeKit. And Apple doesn't really make a lot of stuff at all that works with HomeKit these days. I've always felt like if they wanted to get more people into HomeKit, that they really should get into the business of making HomeKit accessories themselves. That way they can certify the security. And like, especially with the new features coming in iOS 13, it would be a really good showcase for adopting those. So I feel like Eve, which is, you know, and Elgato, which have long time worked with a variety of Mac uh, stuff and, and Apple software, Apple hardware and software. I feel like that would be a really nice choice for Apple to sort of be like, "Hey, we can have this company may, maybe even work sort of autonomously, but like they're like our showcase for HomeKit stuff, and that way we've got like our own little best practices division, um, and it could be very useful." I'd like them to acquire Sonos because, in addition to mm. the desire that I have to see audio integration more so i haven't bought home pods because i have existing sonos stuff and i know it supports airplay too now but the sonos software is terrible and i would love apple to do a floor-to-ceiling redesign of the sonos software i would love to be able to integrate home pods if i wanted to or to use sonos devices like home pods just amplify that thing because it took me a long time to decide i wanted to enter the sonos ecosystem and when i did i was really happy i had i have one in my kitchen one in my office one in my bathroom even, and it's alarm clock, it's party music. I'd like to be able to play podcasts on it directly, but I just am stymied by the software, especially when I'm turning on or off an alarm when I'm very sleepy in the morning and I have to go to three or four screens to do it. It's just dreadful. Please, Apple, please help me out by Sonos. (laughs) Uh, So for me, I am going to have to go the way of the Dan and choose. They'll never, it'll never happen. But I wish it would. Uh, I want 
I want Apple to buy Philips Hue, the, mm. the Philips Hue brand. Um, though they have the most, I feel, the most no-brainer um, home kit light products. Um, ooh, no, I'm changing mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm changing mine because legal. I just thought about Do the fact that. <laughs> that there's one that's more reasonable, and that's LifeX. LifeX makes some very incredible lighting products for uh, that, that are HomeKit compatible. And they have a light strip that I have consistently said beats out Philips Hue's own light strip, because it does, because it's much better. Um, their lighting, the loom, they have better lumen values for, for their lights. The colors are richer. Um, they have so many different lighting products available and if that could become if that could be sort of swept up and brought under the wing of apple to make it even more compatible than it already is i would be so on board with that so yeah not philips hue but lifex is is where i'm going that's interesting that you all picked the home stuff um and, and i actually think that your answers are way are better than mine and i think <laughs> and much more much more likely than mine i think um we'll get to mine in a second but but my the original reason why i asked this question was because i was thinking about apple uh tv plus coming in the fall and how they don't have that much content for it and they're expecting you know seems like they're going to be expecting to charge like three dollars more than disney for their streaming service and i was trying to figure out like well what company could they acquire in that space that would give them a a, a whole bunch of content and then and but at the same time i didn't want it to be like a gazillion dollar acquisition and i couldn't you know there was there was nobody i could <laughs> and I and I tried to investigate a bunch of options, and it just got so complicated in terms of who owns who in the entertainment space that I gave up. And so I'm going to go with <clears throat> DuckDuckGo instead, because I think uh, it would be DuckDuckGo is a is a search company, you know, an internet search company, and they are like Apple, very concerned about people's privacy, and they take that seriously, and they <clears throat> don't do tracking of your searches and that kind of thing. And so from that regard, I think it would be a really good fit. The reason why it's not a great answer is because Google reportedly pays Apple like three billion dollars a year or something like that in order to get that space in in Apple's uh, devices for you know the top search engine. Uh, the default search engine. So it seems unlikely that they're going to find that that it's worth it to them monetarily in order in, in buying DuckDuckGo. But I also think it would be great if they bought DuckDuckGo because DuckDuckGo is kind of a dumb name and, and then it would just be Apple search. <laughs> Apple, Apple orange. Um, well, Tim Cook, we got plenty of good ideas for you. So give us a call anytime. That is four topics down, which means we have just enough time for a bonus topic. But before we get to the bonus topic, I would like to tell you about our other sponsor today. This episode of Clockwise is brought to you by Direct Mail, an easy-to-use email marketing app designed exclusively for the Mac to help you create and send great-looking email newsletters. Email marketing is still an incredibly cost-effective way to reach your customers and grow your business. And for the past 15 years, Mac users around the world have trusted the Direct Mail app to handle all of their email marketing needs. It's designed just for the Mac, which means it's fast, easy to use, and works great with the other apps and services that you already use. With Direct Mail, you can get in-depth campaign reports that show you who is reading, clicking, and sharing your newsletters. You can grow your mailing list by creating email sign-up forms that you can add to your website or Facebook page. And you can have email campaigns sent automatically without you lifting a finger plus much, much more. They have real human live chat customer support available to answer your questions. And Direct Mail is the number one top-rated email marketing app for the Mac with five-star reviews on the App Store, Get App, and elsewhere. Plus, it's trusted by small businesses, nonprofits, schools, and Fortune 500 companies alike. 
Direct Mail is free to download and get started, and listeners of this very podcast can save 10% off all of the full feature of pricing plans. Head over to directmailmac.com slash clockwise to check it out. That's directmailmac.com slash clockwise to get 10% off when you opt for a full feature plan. Our thanks to Direct Mail for their support of Clockwise and all of Relay FM. Two, the bonus topic. My question is, do you have a go-to souvenir that you pick up when traveling or failing that? Is there something that you always try to do in another city uh, or place when you travel? Shelly? has to be fridge magnets. I get to see them every day to remind me of my travels. They're inexpensive. They fit in the suitcase. Fridge magnets all the way. I had a friend who said you you don't actually you've never actually visited a city unless you visit it visited it after you are legally able to drink, and I think that has to do more with like age, and so you truly get to experience like all the parts of it. But I do try to meet up with friends at some sort of bar um, and and sort of experience the nightlife of a place. Uh, I would say local snacks. Mm. Uh, hopefully, the weirder the better. And obviously, this works a little bit better if you go abroad. Um, having traveled to Japan and China before, it's um, particularly great there <laughs> because you could find all sorts of things. And sometimes you buy them and you don't even know what's inside. <laughs> so it's always an adventure. I didn't tend to do this before, but my wife likes postcards from other places. So if I go places and she's not with me, I buy her postcards. But when I'm in a place, I always like to try and ride the public transportation if possible, especially if they're like trams or trains. Love those. All right. Thank you all so much. We have reached the end of the show. All that remains is to thank our fantastic guest this week. Shelly Brisbane, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. It was fun. And John Moltz, thank you so much for returning. Oh, thank you. And Micah, we have reached the end of the show. Um, I'm being informed that there is no 30 under 30 minutes list from Forbes. I didn't know. <laughs> oh, I just, I just went with on. what I had. Um, sorry. Sorry about that. <laughs> I knew but it. we will be back next week. Until then, we just remind all of you out there, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody.